0: Good evening from the Motor City. It is May 6, 2019. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host. Thank you for listening to episode number 50 of the Cyber.now podcast. Your number one spot for learning about tech, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to wish everybody a happy belated Star Wars Day. And no matter what day it is, may the force be with you all. So, over this weekend, I ran my third any mini marathon that's 13.1 or a half marathon for you all that are not familiar with it it is I believe the largest half marathon in the country if not the world it was cold it was rainy and it was rough to be honest this was my slowest any mini and just completing it <laughs> was a major accomplishment Uh, For me personally, between a stress fracture in my left foot, another issue going on in my right foot, traveling just about every week, going back from the middle of February to now, this journey has not been easy. And again, to top it off, it was raining the whole race. I do have to say, besides the rain, the feet, my legs, and back pain, I had fun and ultimately i crossed the finish line in about two hours and 25 minutes again slow compared to my last two times running it the first time i ran it in just over two hours and the last time i ran it i think was even before my last daughter was born was under two hours and now what made this fun was i was able to grab a donut from dave glabro For those of you who are not in the central Indiana news market, he is a local TV sports personality and the voice of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He was at the Yard of Bricks handing it out. I got the second to last donut of six dozen donuts that they had there. What makes this special is I got to get cheered on by my wife and two of my daughters. I got to see one of my favorite people who was cheering on the runners on Main Street. Got to see a few of my old state trooper co-workers and saw a former co-worker from my previous company. Great day, lots of people. It's about 35,000 people that run the mini marathon and about another 5,000 or so that run the 5K that happens Before the mini itself. Hell, I even got to photobomb a cameraman at the roundabout in Speedway. I had a blast. This will probably end up being my last indie mini. And so I wanted to make the most of it. Have a little bit of good time. It was painful, like I said, because my training regimen hasn't been as good as it should have because of the issues I mentioned earlier. But if this ends up being my last Indie Mini, the two medals I collected on Saturday are by far my favorite. One of the medals was for completing the Mini Marathon itself, and the other one was for completing the Mini Maniac Challenge, and this included running the Mini plus the three training series races. And... The first one was a 3-miler in February. The second one was a 6-miler in March. The third one was a 10-miler just about a month ago. And, of course, now a month later after the 10-miler, the 13.1. And so they gave additional medals for those folks who decided to put in those extra miles on the training series. But thanks for everyone who cheered me on and gave me support through the four months, the four races, the 32.1 miles, and a whole lot of steps and a whole lot of calories burned. But really, the reason I bring this up about running the marathon is that my wife asked me Saturday night why I ran the mini. This was a really deep question. I did not end up answering her. Because it kind of knocked me off balance, to be honest. I mean, it really was a deep, personal question. Not that I keep things personally away from my wife. But it it really made me stop and think, why do I do this? And as I was prepping for the show, thinking about that question, I remember back to the first time I saw people running the mini. We had just moved to our house where it's at now in Speedway. And we walked down to Main Street, and we're watching and cheering everybody on. It was a beautiful day, sunny, nice, and warm. I believe that was one of the warmer minis in the the last few years. And I had just gotten back into running after taking too much time away from running or working out in general after graduating from the State Police Academy. I remember I said to myself, hey, I can do that. And so I signed up for the 2010 mini marathon and the same reasons that I started running for that particular mini were really the same reasons I ran for this last mini marathon over the weekend because I can The other uh, reason I run in general is because it is a battle between me, my body and mind between me and the road. When I run, I get to a point mentally where it is just me, the raw and honest version of myself. And there's this tent focus that I apply to my thoughts that that really allows me to work through whatever is on my mind. Whether it is a, you know, something good or something that's bothering me or if it's something bad going on in my life, it doesn't matter. I can apply this intent focus, but more so, and especially at the end of a long run, like a 10 or 13.1 miler. And there are some raw emotions that you experience in completing a challenge like that, that's so physically and mentally exhausting. I mean, you get done and it is, no, it's taken everything that you have to get to that point, to finish that crossing, Or that to cross the finish line and get that goal accomplished. I tell you, after the week I had last week, I needed that run. And the last point I will make on it is this that many times in a given day, a week, a month, or year, we are faced with challenges and adversity. No matter what you are facing, it is important to keep fighting through the pain, pushing through whatever that you're going through to get towards whatever goal you are going after. All right. Now, I want to take some time to to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research. I cannot thank them enough for their support. I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this episode right now for taking time out of your day time is the one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource on this podcast. For those of you who are first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. It is my goal to keep you coming back week in and week out. If you're a returning listener, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask only a couple of simple things if you find this show's content valuable, and that is share the show with your network, subscribe, rate, review, go sign up for my mailing list at cybernowpod.com for the latest news and insights and behind the scenes information. All right, kind of get into some general conversation for this episode. So I was having a conversation with my sister-in-law over the weekend about cybersecurity in general. She was asking specifically about the reCAPTCHA, and that can be the, where there's the funky shape, the letters and numbers, or it can be the ones where you have to choose all the storefronts or whatever images that are on there, the motorcycles, the cars, the curbs, the sidewalks. I know you guys know what I'm talking about. She mentioned that the recapture on the site that she visits would not work no matter how many times she clicked on the image with the storefront. Her next comment was that she didn't have to go through that level of headache on her Chase Bank website. She also made a statement that there to her wasn't any standards when it came to the level of security from one site to the next. She brings up some really good questions. From the layperson standpoint. And have to mention, she is really smart. She's got her PhD. She's a nurse. So it's not like she doesn't understand. You know, the answer, as I sit there and, and contemplated how to, to respond, really isn't that simple. But I do think that it gets to the heart of some of the issues surrounding cybersecurity. And that those in the domain have a lot of work to do in educating the general public. Now to kind of tie this into the whole running in in half marathon conversation. This is definitely not a sprint. It is more like a marathon. The road that we have to go on and travel down. It's long and it's not going to be easy. There are a lot of things that we have to overcome. However, And this is a good thing for those of you who are industrious enough, who are entrepreneurial enough, there is a ton of opportunity here. But we have work to do. The importance of cybersecurity, and as I have mentioned time and time again, there are real-world consequences to cyber attacks. And if we don't pay attention to what's going on, It will affect us. Now, this ties in to some stuff that has been going on here recently. Again, going back to over the weekend and even into the late last week, but also going back over the last couple of years. So yesterday on 60 Minutes, they had a segment talking about ransomware. Mentioned were some recent ransomware attacks on the public sector and critical infrastructure industries like healthcare. One of the events covered was the ransomware attack that happened in January of 2018 on Hancock Regional Hospital just east of Indianapolis. And for full disclosure and transparency, I was. Working with the cybersecurity firm that handled this incident. Now I'm under a non-disclosure agreement. So I'm not going to talk to anything that might jeopardize that. But I will say this. I ran that incident from about seven o'clock that Friday morning until the hospital's critical systems came up and online that following Monday. Now I spent most of the Saturday and that Sunday at the hospital Working alongside the hospital staff and the coworkers from the company I was working with to quarantine the issue, get everything mitigated, and get them back into a recovered mode, get them back into where they were doing their normal operations. I have to say, Steve Wong and all of his folks did an amazing job. They did what we advised, they stayed calm throughout the whole incident, and they persevered to get their systems back up. They knew they had work to do, and they put in the work, and they got it done. I'm proud that Steve has had the courage to speak about this incident and warning others of the dangers of cybersecurity risk so that others can avoid what he went through. Steve could have very well tried to push this aside, bury it, keep it out of the public eye, but no, he has gone out there and been a champion. So kudos to him, his staff, his board of directors, and everybody that was involved from the Hancock side. Again, major kudos to them. So I do want to play some of the 60-minute segments where Steve's talking um, here. And then I'll have the full video or link to the full video in the show notes. So you go check out, check it out. It's about 11 minutes in length. So worth the watch for sure. So here's that quick
1: segment. In January, 2018, the night shift at Hancock Regional Hospital watched its computers crash with deepest apologies. The 100-bed facility in the suburbs of Indianapolis got its CEO, Steve Long, out of bed. We had never been through this before, and it's something that I read in the journals, and I say, oh, those poor folks, I'm glad that's never going to happen to us. But when you come in and you see that the files on your computer have been renamed, and all of the files were renamed, either we apologize for files or we're sorry. And there was a moment when I thought, well, maybe they're not so bad. They said they were sorry. But in fact, they had encrypted every file that we had on our computers and on the network.: Well, the ER, as we have said, still had.: all Long told 911 system. to divert emergency patients to a hospital 20 miles away. His staff turned to pen and paper. Nothing electronic could be trusted. And this is a ransomware, so this is a virus that has gotten into the computer system. Would it have the ability to jump to a piece of clinical equipment? Could it jump to an IV pump? Could it jump to a ventilator? We needed a little time just to make sure about that. But time was a luxury not offered in the ransom demand. Your network has been encrypted. If you would like to purchase the decryption keys, you have seven days to do so, or your network files will be permanently deleted. And then it gave us the the amount that we would need to pay to get that back. And that came to? About $55,000. So the second thing I want to
0: talk about is this israeli kinetic strike that happened against this hamas cyber group this group was over in the gaza strip they were operating out of a building and if you heard at the end of last week and over the weekend the israeli defense force or idf launched a physical attack on this building that they suspected was this look that held the location of this Hamas cyber attack group that was according to their statements conducting a cyber attack on their country additionally there were 100 or more rockets that had been launched from the Gaza Strip into Israel killing at least one Israeli citizen and I'm not for sure if there were any Fatalities in the Gaza Strip, either as a result of this attack or a, as a result of the retaliatory offensive measures taken by the IDF. But what makes this significant is that this is believed to be the first kinetic strike in retaliation of a cyber attack. Vocations of this are not yet fully known or understood and may not be known or understood for some time but this without a doubt is huge here's what wire.com is saying about the idea and this was posted on the 6th so that was actually earlier today this afternoon actually it says this weekend violence between israel and gaza Escalated to a degree not seen seen since 2014, with 25 Palestinians and 4 Israelis killed in the fighting. So, maybe I should read (laughs) the uh, article before getting here. So, this updates what I had just said. There were casualties on both sides. Decades into the entrenched tension of the region, the incident overall was tragically unsurprising. But for cybersecurity professionals, one aspect particularly stood out. The Israeli Defense Force claimed that it bombed and partially destroyed one building in Gaza because it was allegedly the base of an active Hamas hacking group. The assault seemed to be the first true example of a physical attack being used as a real-time response to digital aggression. Another evolution of so-called hybrid warfare. That makes it a landmark moment but one that analysts caution must be viewed in a context conflict between Israel and Palestine rather than as a standalone global global harbinger. So what happened? This is a very good question, but one that still lacks clear answers. IDF said in a tweet on Sunday that we thwarted an attempt, attempted Hamas cyber offensive against Israeli targets. Following our successful cyber defense operation, we targeted a building where Hamas cyber operatives work. HamasCyberHQ.exe has been removed, but IDF has not provided any other details about the nature of the alleged cyber attack, and it is unclear from current IDF statements why Israel would choose to retaliate for an assault that it claims to have successfully fended off. State-backed hacking and physical warfare have been on a slow but steady path towards convergence for about two decades. And both information security and warfare researchers say that it was only a matter of time before a nation launched a kinetic attack against enemy hackers. And for those of you not in this world, kinetic attack means bombs, it means guns, it means a physical response. Quote, when I joined the very first Cyber Command in April 1999, we were talking about that as this thing in case it was needed, end quote. Says Jason Healy, a former staffer in the George W. Bush White House and current cyber conflict researcher at Columbia University. Quote, I wouldn't say we necessarily had plans for it, but we were thinking it through, end quote. The U.S. has reserved the right to retaliate against cyber attacks with military force since 2011. All right. All I'm going to read of that. Just kind of give you an idea. A little background on what happened. As well as give you a little bit of insight of how major this actually is. Again, we won't really see the... And understand the implications of this for some time, like I mentioned earlier. Will this be something we see more and more of as time goes on? Especially as tensions continue to be at a high level between the Israelis and Moss and those in Gaza. From a standpoint, it is interesting. Not that I take the loss of life lightly. But the hybrid warfare, as it was mentioned in the article, where we have seen, at least here in the U.S., a very big, call it, resistance to hack back. And when countries like Israel, and they've got enemies pretty much surrounding them on all borders except that of the part of the country that backs up to the Mediterranean, when person or or a country is getting bullied at some point they're going to strike back in self-defense and if we as individuals here in the u.s are not allowed to hack back and we medic force as a nation state like israel can what are our options for defending ourselves at least in a more active defense standpoint There are things we can do passively and proactively to make sure that doesn't happen, but we're going to be targets. We put stuff out there, people are going to want it, people are going to continue to do some of these unethical, immoral, and illegal activities for their own self gain. All right, guys, that's it for this week's show. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to our sponsor, Delta Research, for supporting the show. Again, if you want to join in on the conversation, go to the show's webpage at CyberNowPod. Again, that's CyberNowPod.com. Visit us, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and favorite social media platforms. Wherever you can find us, we try to be there. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore polititech, or you can email me at Nick at the um, Finally, if you think this show is worthy, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, I will be back again next week to do this thing once more. Till then, have a great week.